Well, God bless you. Welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be talking about our position in Christ Jesus today in light of our redemption and the fact that in His resurrection, God enabled us to be raised from the dead. We are raised to life, praise God, through Him who loved us, praise God. And so, Father, we just thank you today. We thank you, Father, that you are uh, good and your goodness, Father God. And we thank you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for, Lord, you were with him. And we thank you for the precious, precious Holy Spirit, the one who teaches us and guides us and brings things to our remembrance that what our Lord and Savior said. So we thank you for his empowerment today. We thank you, Father God, for the anointing to minister the word of God. Amen. And we ask you, Lord, to bless both the speaker and the hearers today. And we'll give you praise and honor and glory for that in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to be looking at the first 10 verses. And we're going to be talking today about grace. We're going to be talking today about resurrection life and what God has done for us. Amen. And this is a wonderful chapter uh, that Paul wrote. Uh, he starts back with the history of what we were. Amen. And then he talks about God and what God has caused us and raised us up to be. Amen. So this is a tremendous study today. So let's begin. Ephesians chapter 2. <clears throat> we'll begin in verse 1. And you hath he quickened. Notice that quickened. Praise God. And you hath he made alive. Amen. Praise God. Who were dead <clears throat> in trespasses and sins. <clears throat> Notice that. We were dead in trespasses and sins. Amen. And we were dead the moment we were born into this world. We were captivated and we were totally dominated by spiritual death that we inherited from Adam. And that's the position that we were in. And we're going to talk about positions today. Our position when we were born into this world was eternal death. Amen. Destitute of life. Praise God. Actually, what we were is we were death devoted to sin. And all sin needed was the opportunity uh, to enslave us and to capture us. But notice we were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, the word trespass there, it means to fall beside. It means to, to be near something. It means to deviate from the truth, to deviate from uprightness. And of course, sins simply means to miss the mark, to wander from the path of uprightness and honor. Uh, we knew to do good, but we didn't do it because there was no good in us. There was nothing about us in ourselves that was redeemable other than the fact that God loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the measure of God's love for us. <clears throat> and that's the measure of God's love for you and for me. We take that personally. Amen. God loves me for God so loved John Dunning that he gave his only begotten son. And you can take that same verse and include your name in there. For God so loved Jane or for God so loved Jim or for God so loved Ricky. Hallelujah. Praise God. He did it for you. He did it for the whole world. But personally, he did it for you. 
He made the new birth real in your life and he did it through Jesus. Praise God. And then verse two, it says, wherein in time past, you walked according to what? According to the course of this world. You know, Paul's talking here about when we were saved, when we were unsaved, when we were lost in time past. Amen. Listen, let me tell you something. I, I may be getting a little bit ahead of myself, but, you know, you're not a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner. Because we have to when we say things like that, we have to reckon our position in Christ Jesus. Anyone who is born again is not a sinner. Now, they may fall into sin. You know, we have uh, the nature of the fall in our flesh and we have our flesh to deal with. And Paul tells us and Jesus tells us what we are to do with our flesh. But we do not have a sinful nature. That nature was taken care of. And we'll see this in these verses as we uh, go along. Amen. Praise God. See, we were sinners in the past, but we're not sinners now. We're called saints. Well, you know, how can a saint sin? Well, just read the first letter to the Corinthian church. <laughs> Amen. Paul addresses all the saints that are at Corinth. And then he talks about beginning in verse three, all the way through to uh, verse. Uh, I mean, chapter uh, chapter three, all the way through to chapter 12, talking about everything that was sinful and wrong in that church. But yet there were saints. Amen. That may seem to be like a conundrum, but it's the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Where in a time past you walked. We walked according to what? The course of this world. This cosmos. This same type of walking that in the inhabitants of this earth who were not saved walk in. The ungodly multitude. We were one of them at one time. The whole mass of men that are alienated from God. Hostile to the cause of Christ. Can you say before you were born again that you were not hostile to the cause of Christ? Certainly you were. Amen. You resisted salvation. I resisted salvation. I remember that night I got born again. I, my hands are on the pew and the, uh, the top of the pew in front of me. Amen. And my knuckles were turning white, so to speak. I didn't want to go up there. I didn't want I wanted to hang on. I wanted to save my life. And if I had succeeded in that, I would have lost it. But see, when I made that short walk up to the front and I received Christ, I lost lost my life. But I gained so much more. I gained the life of Christ. And you can say the same thing. Amen. You lost your life. But through new birth, through the new creation, you gained the life of Christ. Now, which do you think is better? Praise God. Amen. Wherein in time past, you walked according to the course of this world. Notice that that is just a natural orderly arrangement. Unsaved family members, unsaved neighbors, unsaved people in your community. This is how they're walking. Well, they may they may go to church. I mean, they may live a good, morally clean life. But it's their works. It's not God's work. See, God's work begins the moment we get born again. Praise God. And we let him into our heart and into our life. Well, in this life, we walked. We walked according to the course of this world. Notice this. According to the prince of the power of the air. 
the archon, the prince of the power of the air, the archon, the ruler, the commander of this world. And that's Satan, who is the God of this world. But not the eternal God of this world. There's only one eternal God, and that's God the Father. And that's his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. There's coming a day where Satan will be overthrown. And he will be cast into the lake of fire. And that will be the end of him and man's dealings with him. But until that time, we have a choice to make. And that choice is that we can be under his boot. Amen. Or we can be side positioned beside the Lord Jesus, seated with him in heavenly places. Now, this world is fashioned according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. We were part of that crowd. We were part of that mass. We were part of that multitude. But we're not now. Amen. We've been redeemed, praise God, because of Jesus. Now, verse three says, among whom also we all had our conversation or our manner of life in time past. But notice this, how Paul breaks this down. In the lusts of our flesh, notice he lists the flesh first. And of the mind, let me read it again, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Notice he, he mentions the soul second. Amen. When he says of the mind, he's talking about the full faculty of the mind, the mind, the will and the emotions. That's the area of our soul. But notice what else he says. And word by nature, your nature is in your spirit. Our nature is in our spirit. It's in the innermost part of us. See, we don't have the nature of sin in us. We do have the nature of the fall in our flesh because our flesh hasn't been redeemed yet. But we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. We're new creations. Amen. We're a brand new person inside, like Kenneth Taylor says. And our mind is in the process of being saved. It's in the process of renewal. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, brethren, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service or your spiritual service, your spiritual worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might know that acceptable, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, we have that choice. That's our choice now. Why? Because uh, we have a new inward nature. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. He's our counselor and our helper. He's our advocate and strengthener. He's our standby. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. He's our comforter. And he's there. Amen. To uh, cause us to reach full maturity. See, we were these things by nature before we were born again. We were children of wrath as others, but, but we're not that anymore. But notice over in Paul writing to First Thessalonians, he says this. And he says this to born again people. He says, I pray your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Now, Paul was talking about our life in sin. And notice he lists the flesh first and then the soul and then the spirit. 
But now that we're born again, Paul talks to us. Amen. And he says, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul. Notice he lists spirit first and soul and then body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. See, Paul believed in the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ, just like you and I should. Amen. I do. Amen. And I certainly hope you do. No, but at one time we were children of wrath. We were filled with anger towards God. We were filled with indignation. Uh, We rebelled against him, rebelled against his word. We wouldn't do the things that we ought because there wasn't any power in us to do them. We may have had an austere uh, religious life, but that's no proof that we're born again. There's only one way we can be born again, and that's through Jesus, through him alone. Praise God. But now I like the transition in verse four. Notice it says, but God, but God. See, we all were on a highway to hell. All of us were doomed to eternal death and destruction. But God. There's nothing we could do to change our course. We were destined for eternal damnation. But God, but God, who is rich in mercy. Amen. Who is abounding in mercy, who is abounding in compassion for his great love. Notice that for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Now, just think a moment of your former life. And just think a moment of the things that you did in your former life. And you and you. We often ask ourselves, God, how could you love somebody like me? We well, see love. God's love is not dependent upon what others do. It's dependent upon who he is. God is love. He chose to love us before the foundations of the world were ever made. Before you and I were ever thought of in our mama's womb. God chose. He made that determination to love us. And it didn't matter how evil we were. That did not change God's love for us. Think about some of the evil, wicked things people are doing today. Think about all the evil that the the Nazi regime and Adolf Hitler did and and all the the wicked communist leaders like Stalin and Lenin and Mao Zedong and even those uh, leaders that uh, are alive today in communist nations, all the wicked and evil things uh, that they do. That does not diminish God's love for them. If light were to pierce through the darkness in a moment and conviction would come, a strong conviction that came from God, that came from God, they would fall on their knees. Amen. And repent and ask God to forgive them. He would forgive them in a split atomic moment. Praise God, because that's his love. His love looks beyond our faults, all of our failings, all of our failures, all of our sins, all of our wickedness. He looks past to all that. He looks past all of that. And he looks to our need. Our need is Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, his great love. You know, we need to confess that. Father, I thank you that you are rich in mercy towards me. And I thank you that you have great love towards me. And I thank you, Father, with your mercy and your love. You love me. Praise God. 
Amen. You love me today. When I went to bed, you loved me with this great love. When I wake up in the morning, you're still loving me with this great love. The love never ends. Hallelujah. Verse five says, even when we were dead in sins, when we were dead in sins, notice that dead in sins. In other words, we have no we had no approach to God. It's like a dead man in a grave. He can't get out of the grave. He's dead. We were dead. We were dead to the things of God. We were dead to the life of God. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us, has made us alive together with Christ. And it's all because of what God did in raising Jesus from the dead. And Paul tells us over 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that if Jesus didn't, wasn't raised from the dead, then we are still in our sins. But God did raise Jesus from the dead. Jesus was put to death in the flesh, but he was vindicated in the spirit. That righteous act that Jesus did on the cross, being made sin for us who knew no sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, that righteous act God vindicated. Amen. When Jesus was put to death in the flesh, when he was buried in the tomb, and on the third day, God raised him, vindicated him, praise God. And because God raised Jesus from the dead, you and I also have been raised from the dead. Notice the terminology there in verse five. Even when we were dead in sins, has made us alive together with Christ. Now look at verse six. And hath raised us up. Notice the past tense of this verse and hath raised us up. He's already done it. He's not going to do it. He's already done it. He's roused us from death. <laughs> He's raised us up together from mortal death to a new and blessed life. Amen. A life now that is dedicated to God. A life now that has the love of God in it. That God shed abroad the love of God in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which he's given us. Praise God. Hallelujah. He has raised us up together and made us sit together. Think of the authority that we've been granted in Christ Jesus and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Praise God. See, we have experienced the same type resurrection that Jesus experienced. We are seated in our position in Christ Jesus. We are seated together in heavenly places by the right hand of the throne of God. That's where Jesus is seated. Amen. So positionally, the head of Christ is in heaven and the body of Christ is in heaven. We are one with him. The body is not one thing and the head another thing. No, it's all one body. The head has been raised up, Jesus, and the body has been raised up. And we sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. And by the throne of God at the right hand of the throne of God. So all of us, all born again people, we have had imparted to us new creation life. And we're seated at Christ's throne. Now, 
This is important. Amen. This is where our authority is based. Our authority is based in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's where our authority comes from. You think of a policeman. Where does his authority comes from? His authority comes from the government, the very head, whether it be state or whether it be federal. That's where his authority comes from. Our authority comes from Jesus Christ, who is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That's where our authority is based. And because our authority is based and we're in him and we're down here on earth, this is where we execute our authority. How do we do that? We execute our authority by the words of our mouth. Remember what Paul said over in Romans 10, if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with our mouth, <laughs> woo, glory to God. See, the heart and the mouth. We believe by faith in our heart and we confess what we believe with our mouth. That's where our authority comes. But now verse 7 says this, that in the ages to come, the aeon to come, the perpetuity of time. Of course, in heaven, there will be no time. <clears throat> that in the ages to come, he might show to us or demonstrate to us the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. We must reckon the fact of the father's abounding love for us now that we are in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a love that have, has no ends. It's a love that exists throughout eternity. Praise God. It's a love that never fails. God loves us in Christ Jesus. His love abounds toward us through Christ Jesus. And he will demonstrate that love, the exceeding riches of his grace, and of his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus, throughout the aeons of time, throughout eternity. Praise God. That's the Father's love for you. That's the Father's love for me. Hallelujah. Now, verse 8 through 10 says this, and we're going to end here. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Amen. Notice that. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. But now look at this in verse 10. For we are his workmanship. Created. Notice the word created. Created in Christ Jesus under good works. Which God hath before ordained. When did he ordain us? Uh, to be created, amen, and to do these good works. Well, before this, foundations of the world and the universe were ever laid. We must understand that long before we ever made a decision what we were going to do with Jesus, amen, God had already determined what he was going to do for us. To us, for us. He ordained us 
to be created in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Before the world was ever laid, God already had you on his mind. Praise the Lord. You were already a fact in God's mind. And he knew exactly what he was going to do for you. Now, if God, based upon what we've just said here, do you think that God has in mind what he wants to do for you in this life with your body, with your family, with your career, with your ministry calling? You have a calling from God. You have a ministry to fulfill. You're not just some wandering person, just wandering around this earth, waiting until you die one day. God has a plan and he has a purpose uh, for your life. And when he sends you, he equips you. He ordains you. Amen. He anoints you to do whatever it is that God has predetermined before the world was ever made for you to do and for you to walk in. Praise God. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen. Are we walking in the perfect will of God today? Amen. Well, then we've got our hands busy doing the work of the Lord. Amen. Now, we want to talk about grace and we want to talk about the five effects of grace and it's based upon these last three verses. Notice Paul says that for by grace are we saved through faith and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. The first effect of of uh, of grace is that we enter into this kingdom by grace, but it's through faith. God had to give us the faith in order, amen, for us to have the grace. He had to impart both of them to us so that we could be saved. Now, the second effect of grace is that now there's been opened unto us a treasure full of benefits. Amen. Think about the fruit of the spirit. Think about the power of the spirit. Think about the fullness of the spirit. Not just the fruit of the Spirit, but the fullness of the Spirit. And what comes with salvation? Well, healing comes. Prosperity comes. And we should be prosperous people. Why? To have big houses and fancy cars? No, to demonstrate to the world that our God is a good God. Amen. Hallelujah. And His power keeps us and causes us to reign in this life in Christ Jesus. Well, there's healing in grace. There's prosperity and grace. There's deliverance and grace. There's safety and grace. Our mind, through His grace, our mind is made over in a safe and a sound fashion. Amen. All of this now is, is grace, but it's accessed by faith. Praise God. The third effect of grace is that all of these wonderful benefits of grace they're all realized. They're all appropriated by faith. They and we are to enjoy the full benefit. Amen. It's all through by grace. It's all through faith. Praise God. See, all of these wonderful benefits, they're all realized and appropriated through faith. Faith in him and faith in the fact that he is the provider. Praise God. And the fourth thing is that we're to receive the full blessing. Amen. Praise God. We need to be striving 
to receive all of the benefits that the Lord has for us by grace through faith and that we should be actively involved in receiving the benefit. Now, what are all this culminating? It all culminates in the salvation of the lost. It all culminates, amen, in seeking and saving that which is lost. This becomes our mission. This becomes our vision. Praise God. Hallelujah. But now here's something else that grace provides. It provides for us a relationship that we have with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And because we have a relationship with Jesus, we have a relationship with the Father. And sometimes we fall. Sometimes we do things that are not right. We know to do good. We don't do them. That's sin. We know not to do some things and we do them. That's sin. But now that breaks our fellowship with the Lord. It doesn't break our relationship. Amen. Because Jesus didn't die and fall off the throne last night. His blood never loses his power. The blood of Jesus was powerful enough to save us. And it's also power, powerful enough to cleanse us. Amen. So because of grace, this is it. Because of grace, we have fellowship with God. And we access this grace through faith in him. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you, Father, for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that we have received the fullness of this grace. And Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory for it. Hallelujah. So we demonstrate this grace throughout our life and we grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray and amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life. <laughs>